아, 예. 하... <웃음> Coming at you live. We're going to change locations to Austin, Texas <laughs> real quick. <laughs> Welcome into 21 the podcast. My name is Drew as always at Mr. Oh so cool with my producer Mr. Marcos Morales at Dirt City Studios. And today I'm with a very special guest, Mr. Lance Lapinski. Love you. Bro, thank you for coming in, brother. Please be seated. Thank you <laughs> everybody. Down. Wow. Down. Do you want to hit this or you know, yeah, I'll take a hit of it. Yeah? yeah? Amen. Yeah. Start the night off right. Cheers, everybody. We have more ratings than CNN right now. We're up to six people. Six people. Six million. <laughs> Seven. Six. Seven million. Oh, well, we're going to get there. So, right Lance, on. before we get started, bro, uh, look at this camera right here for me and uh, tell the people a little bit about yourself. Good evening. My preferred pronouns are him, his, Texan, Polak, Pisces, uh... I turned 36 two weekends ago. Oh, dang. February 27, 1985. At least it wasn't baby. the 28th. Yeah, then I'd be, what, like eight years old or something? I don't mm-hmm. know what the math is, but... Or is it the 28th or the 29th? Or, yeah, uh, roll that clip. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it 28? I don't know, you know. Yeah, I can't even fucking remember. Well, basically, Drew, you're talking about uh, a 17-year-old high school dropout from Wimberley, Texas... For those of you folks that don't know, that's adjacent to San Marcos, Texas. The Texas University College campus is adjacent to the hill country of Wimberley, Texas. If you follow the 30th parallel ley line, apparently it goes through the Bermuda Triangle. Is that true? Uh, the pyramids yeah. and all these other hot spots. What else we got? Uh, Stonehenge. The Coral and Castle. Where else? The Coral Castle is on the, the Coral way to Castle. Florida. Oh, shit. It's in that same zone wow. on the way to the Bermuda Triangle. Yeah, and passes right back through my hometown of Wembley. 17-year-old high school dropout. My uh, parents were on board with me becoming an entertainer. The principal put in uh, into the system that I was homeschooled. So homeboy principal, adorably, had my back because I had an opportunity in Las Vegas at 16 years old. On the 17th birthday, started immediately working on the Las Vegas Strip, primarily doing what, what I would call mid-century roots music. So we're talking 50s, 60s, oldies but goodies. Yeah. Good times, great oldies, rock and roll. But doing a lot of boogie-woogie piano, that's that's what I do now in my whole career of over 15 years, playing Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard, Fats Domino, the old school. We're talking pre-Beatles. We're talking pre-Motown. We're talking pre-Psychedella. you got to say these things because there's a lot of you jackass uh, – Brat kids out there that don't know your ass from an elbow and a hole in the ground. Yes, I'm stoned. Yes, I'm talking a, mil- a mile a minute. But I'm giving my uh, my Wikipedia uh, page in 30 seconds or less. But yeah, man, you're talking about the invention of rock and roll. Look it up. It was a it was a great thing. Um, black and white coming together. You know, uh, say what you will about civil rights and say what you will about. Um, you know, all the political climate that's going on now. Look at the music back then, man. There was no color barrier. You had uh, Motown working together in Detroit, Wrecking Crew, Muscle Shoals, Black and White. The musicians, the color wasn't an issue. And you're talking about the height of civil rights. So, oh, I can but get, hold on. Yeah. I, could, I could stop you there. Yeah, just, go ahead. Uh, just because there was still that barrier oh, on which, like, the recording side of it was really fucked. 
Mm-hmm. Because you had you had uh, these black groups coming in, creating the song, creating the music, creating the the demo, and then they turn around and bring in uh, this white group, you know that that they felt like could. I'm talking about, re- I, and I know exactly what you're talking about, yeah. especially the payola stuff back in, right? Back, you know, exactly. and all those guys got ripped off. A lot of these guys were young kids; they didn't know, just like now. But I'm talking about, I guess, the essence of of my favorite time period, which I always talk about you know, the, the atomic jet age era of the fifties and sixties. And so just the artistry of creating stuff, people, people wanted to, to do it. And Elvis was, was the real deal. You know, people, some people are on the fence about Elvis, but I think the majority of, of the world young and old since, since uh, the fifties would agree that he was the big bang that, you know, he's a, he's a, he's a teenage kid hanging around on Beale street had moved from Tupelo, Mississippi, uh, uh, to to Memphis as a young kid, and he's observing something that's happening around him. He realizes that this is special. All those guys around at that time did. You got BB King down there. You had Rufus Thomas. You had uh, all these great rhythm and blues artists, and then of course all the the western swing and, and country western stuff. And it took. This is like when you start to get spooky when you think of like a higher power, whatever God is. I, I really think that that Elvis is a religion. Let's just go. I'm like going. going fu- I'm fucking yeah. going for it. There we go. Because like we're 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 gonna take a trip down <laughs> down fucking memory lane for a second. Because really, this is my career. Yeah. You know, this is what I do. As uh, it's you're you're a preve- preservationist of sorts. So like it started with Elvis as me, and that's kind of what's leading full circle back to this Las Vegas thing at 17. Um, you know, I think about, you know, you think about these people in history, pop culture. It's like they're, they're like iconic, larger than life. And let's take Elvis, for example. He was the most unprecedented, uh, famous person of his time, perhaps of all time, at a mere 18 years old. This dude, he knows what he's doing. He has some navigation, but I don't think even him realizes what's about to happen. Yeah. The new medium of television is there. He goes on the Ed Sullivan show. He had a ruthless um, manager named Colonel Tom Parker, an immigrant who uh, worked the carnival circuit. And he says, I know how to promote this guy and make this guy a star like he recently did or he previously did, excuse me, with Eddie Arnold, who was the country artist um, before uh, Elvis when he started managing Elvis. So Colonel Tom Parker is saying, this guy has the looks. He has the talent. He has the charisma. And, you know, James Dean had just passed away. So this whole coming-of-age thing that was about to happen with pink and red and wild colors. You're talking about rocket ships. You're talking about going to the moon. People are talking about this. And then the devil's music, right? Elvis wasn't the first guy, but he was the one that made it corporate. He was the one that made it mainstream. He didn't do it, like, on purpose. It was just he was under management. Yeah, I never even thought about that. But you got Chuck Berry. You got Little Richard. Fats Domino was a young man making a living in the early 50s, way before this rock and roll trend. You know, so you you had the black pioneers doing it, and it was incredible. But you also had the white guys doing it, too. And right in that 1954, 55 thing, Sam Phillips, he's a 30-year-old entrepreneur from Muscle Shoals, Alabama. He does the Nashville thing, and he says... I don't want to make pop records like the Nashville formula. I want to do something different. He moves his whole family to hey, Memphis. Bro, drop the headphones, bro. Fuck them. Yeah, fuck the headphones. Yeah, fuck the headphones. Yeah, so I met Sam Phillips' um, son, and Sam Phillips single-handedly is one of the most important uh, 
jewels of American history. So you're talking about down here. he's a uh, he's recording these black artists. His first hit is 1951 Rocket 88, named after the Oldsmobile car. So you're talking Jackie Brinston and his Delta Cats, written by a 19 year old Ike Turner. Anime, have some pie. Anime, remember 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 the Tina Turner movie. You got to edu- educate these kids. So like, uh, what's love got to do with it? Remember that. Uh, and uh, so you got. You got What's Love Got to Do With It, made-for-TV movie uh, about Tina Turner. There's a great scene in the opening of that movie. It was a made-for-TV movie. And Morpheus, who was the actor that played Morpheus? Oh, God damn it. You know. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lawrence Fishburne. Fishburne. Uh, yeah. Lawrence, Lawrence Fishburne. Lawrence Fishburne. We, we, the two minds got the name. So he plays Ike Turner in this movie. Go check it out. And there's a great opening scene where he's stepping my rocket and don't be late, baby. We're pulling out about half past eight over in the corner and up a hill. Everybody, my car's going to take a little pill. Cruise on out, oozing and boozing along. Verse two. Take fucking note, Taylor Swift. Hey, it's got a V8 motor. It's smarter design, black convertible top and the gals don't mind. The, the the crazy thing is, this is what Lance does every day. Like, he is a one-man fucking show. You pull up anywhere where he's playing, <laughs> it, 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 like, it, it, it's non-fucking-stop. It, it becomes a mushroom trip, like, instantly. Like, now! Yeah. I love you guys. The bus <laughs> kicking in. It's interactive, too. Yeah. You got, call you out you got, back yeah. in the room. You got fucking Ike Turner. Hey, blue eyes over there. Yeah, just out <laughs> of nowhere. V8 motor. Smarter design. Black convertible top and the gals don't mind. Verse 3. Step in my rocket, don't be late. We'll pull it out about half past eight. Over in the corner and up a hill. Everybody in my car is going to take a little pill. This was dangerous. This was this was light years away from rap and hip-hop. This is the first. I met Bo Diddley. Bo Diddley, where did you been? Up in our house and around the bend. He was the first guy before Elvis on Ed Sullivan's show doing rock and roll. I met him right before he died. I got to meet Chuck Berry and Jerry Lee Lewis the same night I was... 19 years old, 2003. The great Chuck Berry. I mean, the, these, these black rhythm and blues artists, they were the guys. And when, when the white guys stepped in, you know, Buddy Holly was, he came about a year later after the craze had already happened. He was a Texan. He's 18 years old. You know, that's the, my hometown, by the way. Lubbock, Lubbock Texas. Texas. Right check, on. Check I was in the and Buddy Holly's. Uh, here's hometown. something wild about the plane that went down, I think it was February 1959. You got Richie Valens, 17 years old. If you don't watch La Bamba and cry, you have no soul. That was a true story about the American dream. Richie Valens, uh, 17 years old. Buddy Holly, I think, 22 years old, somewhere in there, goes down. Now, talk about J.P. Richardson from Beaumont, Texas. He was the big bopper, okay? The big Uh, bopper. I got to work with his son, J.P. Richardson Jr. The big bopper, then... Elvis Presley. <laughs> I'm just proud to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking Dewey Cox, man. I worked with these guys. I met these hey, guys. Hold on real quick. I just yeah, go say, ahead. I just want to say to the watchers, uh, there's an, we're having an issue with this middle camera that you're seeing right now. Sorry. I don't know exactly what it is, but I ordered a new camera for it today. So uh, if you see a black screen for a second, it's only it's only Sorry, Lance. Yeah. Sorry. It's fucking. It's Marco's oh, middle camera? Really over, no, it's this it's one right me. here. Yeah, oh, the one. one. Yeah, but this, this one. one works, right? Yeah, this one works. Of okay, course, of course. We're not going to miss any part of this story you're telling. <laughs> All right, back. To we're going Chuck back Barry to the story. fucking roots. I have a Chuck Berry story, by the way, in Lubbock. Uh, oh, like now Marco's thousand. Now we're all goofing <laughs> off. No, like he he comes in to play the Buddy Holly Festival, disappears. 
they can't find him. They track down his rental car. They find him in the parking lot. They he had to have the suitcase of money in the back in the trunk of the rental car, and nobody there to meet him. And then he disappeared. Yeah. And the cops had to track him down and track right. him to the festival. Sounds right. A million Chuck Berry stories like that. And, All right. Uh, yeah. Before, before. Oh yeah, you're cutting the deck and everything. Now continue to cut the deck and and do your thing, bro. Well, you know, I get. I'm rambling, but but. People no, really got no. like yeah, not <laughs> at all. No tangents, not stoned at all. Mm-hmm. But people, uh, some people know this, some people don't. And you got to take the reason I use Memphis and Sun Records as an example. You could use one of many, but that's an important one because Elvis Presley comes into play. People were scared to death of of the black rhythm and blues music coming into the white ether of the mainstream, and that's what Elvis did. But when you think about divine intervention, Elvis was so handsome like unbelievably handsome that young and old to this day can't deny the talent of that dude. And here's what I love about used to love Elvis. Like and him as a spokesmodel is interesting because, well, what does an artist represent? You got Beethoven, you got Mozart, you got Picasso. Well, Elvis is this, well, like you can, that's the good thing about a spokesmodel or a poster boy for whatever. So let's take Elvis for example. So it's like even girls, young girls to this day would be like, Oh, I don't know who that is, but I'm going to look at him because he's pretty. Well, then when you learn about this guy Wait, and how... you've heard people not know who Elvis is? It, it's kind of wild when... Well, not necessarily not know, but I'm, I mean, oh. there is a lot that don't, like, have no fucking clue, like, whatever, you know, but, but you know, for, for, for someone, let's say, like, a young girl, it's like, okay, you're talking about, wow, this guy's handsome. So that, that thing, that charisma, the, the star power of celebrity is the icebreaker that says, all right, well, who is this person? So when you look at Elvis, his story is... The story of the American dream coming from poverty to rags to riches, but also innovating a brand new art form from scratch. He's not the guy that did it single handedly, but he's 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 the one that would define it at a time when it was all about time, you know, perfect timing. You got, like I said, the invention of television. We're going to space and here comes little Richard. Wop, bop, blue, bomb, blah, bam, boom. Chuck Berry. You know, and uh, and then Elvis Presley. Now, take it a step back further. I mentioned Sam Phillips. He owns Sun Records. He discovered Jackie Brinston and his Delta Cats. I was singing Rocket 88, written by the great Ike Turner, who was only 19 years old in 1951 when he wrote that tune. And he really didn't write it. He ripped it off of an old tune. But the thing with Rocket 88 was... He's got a V8 motor, it's smarter design, black convertible top, and the gals don't mind. Sporting with me, riding all around town for joy. I mean, that's bad of the bone, you know? And so anyway, it's like, okay, Sam Phillips, he's trying to do the Nashville thing. It's corporate. He wants to make his own records. He says, fuck it. He goes to Memphis. He records these innovative guys. It was just local guys just living around Memphis. These guys, this like local talent, for God's sake, that just was living there. Not just Elvis, but the list goes on of all the other guys that just popped up at the right time. So that's what makes me believe sometimes one of many things in a higher power, whatever God is, divine intervention like that is is crazy with music. And when you when you take it back to the fifties, you know, as pop music and and teenage music, this was the first marketed music for teenagers that this speaks volumes about what culture would, would do. Like Billy Joel said, we didn't start the fire. This was, this was it. And so I, I kind of knew all this jazz at a, at a young age. And my dad 
had the hot rod cars and vinyl records. And for some reason, you know, certain people find their calling earlier on in life. For me, that's the way it happened. And I've made a career out of it for 15 years doing that era of music. My original songs that I write, it's kind of like Amy Winehouse on, on her album. You know, she was the last great unapologetically lo-fi analog, you know, like fuck the digital. I don't give a shit, you know, like if you get it or not, this shit's badass. And I've lived a whole life for the past 15 years, not bragging, but just saying, all right, I followed my dreams. I paid my bills. And, uh, but now we're back in the fucking Lone Star state of Texas, my home. I have not been, uh, living at home since, uh, I was a teenager. So now we're about to do live music in this Lone Star State, and I've never done it. I did Vegas, so back to 17 years old. Full circle, see? There's a method. (laughs) 17 years old, I go to Vegas for eight years. 25 years old, it's 2010. I do go home to Texas for a second, but I'm like, okay, there's an opportunity in Chicago. A musical, they wrote a musical about exactly what I'm talking about. This is an interesting full circle. So all that I just talked about, 706 Union Avenue, Sun Records, Memphis, Tennessee, they wrote a musical and it won a Tony on Broadway. So I don't have a Tony credential, but the show I was in won a Tony. But of course I milk it for my own resume purposes. So anyway, I went there for what I thought was a six-month contract. It turned into six years. We had a residency at the Apollo Theater in Chicago, on Lincoln Avenue, down the street from DePaul University. And although I had done live music from age 17 to 25, I'd never done acting. So I'm thrown into this world. And it took me about six months to get my sea legs, but um, we did good. We did Dave Letterman. We did Ryman Auditorium in Nashville. We did uh, um, the Bulls halftime show on the big Jumbotrons. What year was that? This is 2010 through oh, 2017. No, 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 I'm saying the, uh, well, yeah, so the, the Bulls halftime show would have been cooler if it was Jordan, of course. He popped in sometimes. You're like, 36, so I we, feel we like. We did it every year. Like we were there, we were there six years, so he popped in. and like Jordan did? Well, like, so we would do it like maybe once or twice a year, like the Bulls halftime show. Yeah. I never saw him, but he was in the building. And, you know, it was that kind of brush with fame that was exciting. And Chicago, I miss it. I would probably maybe still live there if the weather wasn't so bad. But their season is so short. That's why I decided to move back to Texas. But before I moved back to Texas, where do you think I was? 2016 to 2019, West Hollywood. This was not about the industry. This wasn't about my career. At 32 years old, back in, I don't know, 2017, I had already established myself. I'm like, let's just go and live in L.A. I'll be bi-coastal. I'll fly out of the airport. And it was good and bad, mostly bad. The bad outweighed the good, let's say. And my dad passed away about the same time two years ago. I said, let's go home to Texas, bro. Let's go go see what the world has to offer. Because I, I went up the corporate world as far as I could. In that whole trajectory I just mentioned from Vegas to Chicago and then L.A., we did cruise ships, casinos, um, performing arts theaters. And I did put out an original album, which you can listen to on socialist media, on Spotify, all that jazz. But um, I never toured with it because I was making a lot of money doing this tourist trap that I'd only known since I was 17 years old. So the album has been out for a few years. Now is the time to do it. I've actually created some incredible momentum in eight months during COVID because the better venues are open. We met 
um, at Manchek Springs Saloon, um, which is um, in Manchek, South Austin, where I live. If anyone listening is in town, come to Chupacabra Wednesdays. Every Wednesday, we raise hell. Thursdays on South Lamar here in Austin at the legendary Broken Spoke since legendary. 1964. So we have these residencies, and I'm finally doing live music, and there's no rules here. I love it. It's freedom, and I want to cheers with my my buddies because I'll stop my fucking rangent, <laughs> rangent, my tangent ramble. No, bro. But that was hey. it. That was basically it. And cheers, and like, uh, all all of my boom. preparation goes right out the window. <laughs> That's it. Just so now ki- you're briefed. Salute. Just kidding. I did no preparation. <laughs> I, I was pre- falling asleep on the way over here, Drew. Mm. That's not good. I, I I I didn't get any sleep last night. I it's sex, drugs, rock and roll. Sometimes without the sex, which is okay, but mainly hairspray, <laughs> drugs, Bro, and rock and roll. Please, okay. Before we go to your first card game, yes, yes. I need I, I need to see this, bro. Push your pump down. Yes, it just it's comes sturdy. right back up. It's dirty. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. It's showbiz. You're talking. Uh, well, shit. Fifteen. Dude, years. that two keeps going out. Let's go to break. We're gonna we're gonna take this to break real quick. And then uh, we're going to fix this camera, and then we'll be right back. And we are back live. We've seemed to alleviate the camera issue, at least for now. And until that changes, if that changes, I'm flipping this entire podcast studio upside down. Just because that's what I feel like doing. My shit. Why not? But until then, until then, until that undesirable personal uh, aggression seems to leave my body from the impossible, we're going to play our first hand of fucking blackjack. Let's take us over there, Marco. And Lance Lipinski, for doing a Vegas show, does not know how to play blackjack. Fucking eight years. I never, I've never went on a slot machine the, once the whole time. I That's was fucking crazy, bro. So the general rule I is. I used to know it, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll come back. The general rule is you got to get closer to 21 than the dealer. I'm the dealer in this instance without going over. Base cards are worth 10 and every number value is worth a number. Ace is worth 1 and 11. Now, of course, I'll go through that with you as we go. I'll help you count and everything. Uh, Just because it is a fucking... That's the only weird thing is the count. So, question. You had a question. No. All right, here we go. Unless I was talking telepathically because we're very (laughs) stoned. I I can read your thoughts right now as well as Marco's. Your first card is a 10. So, right now you have 10 and you're going to get one more card. Yes. Which is a 6. So, you have 16 and I'm showing a 3. Now, in a casino, what you want to think is that I have a 10, uh, so I'd have 13 right now. Now, in on 21, there's only a hit or stay. Now, a hit means you take another card to add to that 16 to try to get closer to 21 without going over, or you stay right there and you think you're comfortable with the 16. And this card is going to reveal that? Yes. Oh. Once, you, once you stay, this card will reveal itself. I'm going to stay just for now. It's a smart stay, very smart stay. And I got a seven, so now I'm looking at ten. Yeah. And I got a king, so now I'm at twenty. So now Ooh, you bust, boy. On your first hand, you bust. That was a, that was a very strong stay, though. That yeah, that, very strong. Right stay. on. Okay. 
Um, nice. So, Lance. 21. <laughs> the channel. Now it all makes sense. It all fucking makes sense, bro. This is a great... God, you guys are living the dream. This is a great studio. I appreciate that. This is so cool, man. Dude, wow. I appreciate that a lot. Um, Boom. So, honestly, this is the most I've ever cheersed in my life. I fucking hate cheersing. One, we like it with me, though. Well, I, I'll continue to do it with my guests out of hospitality. Okay, you don't like cheersing. I wine. hate cheersing because it touches each other's glass. And a lot of times people want to touch top of the glass. I always usually hit them with the bottom just because, like, yeah. ew. But uh, this is it's it's not even like a COVID thing, bro. It's yeah. been my whole life. Gotcha. And then it's like, hey, we're fucking drinking. No yeah. offense. No, it's but that's just that's just me personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a fucking asshole, bro. I've heard it. Uh, I've heard it a I lot. I think of times also too. it's this fist bump culture that's come out of the COVID thing. Yeah. So it's like you know, it's just kind of like knee jerk right. at this moment. Yeah. Hey, bro, uh, Marcos, do you remember how to play a uh, word association? I think that would be a great game to play with Lance. Yeah, where are we? So at? it's it's the timer, and then I think you flip that uh you flip that notepad back like a like a page or so, or maybe forward. So basically, Lance, word association is we throw a a word at you, right? And you have to either rap or sing the first song that comes to your head. Now there's going to be a timer and everything. Of course, you you don't have the headphones on because of the extraordinary hair. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> so absolutely. Uh, I, yeah. But I don't think it'll take you 10 seconds for any of these songs because the thing, right like I was saying about Lance, like you, is that it? That's the word list? Boom, we're good. This is a good game. Yeah. So what Lance does is literally entertains the entire party by himself. So what Marcos <laughs> is going to do uh, is the levels up on the uh, on the buttons over there. Yeah, cool. All right. So what Marcos is going to do is throw out a a uh, a word and we'll go. I'll even I'll even go I'll go at you with this, bro. Like Ooh. we'll 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 do the right. best out of five. Right on. Best out of five. Each of us do right five, on. and whoever gets the most. Who's grading it? Marcos is going to be the Marcos judge. is going to be grading it. So once you once you sing it, we'll or put whatever. this out to the crowd. Put it out in the comments. Yeah, we'll put it out in the comments. You think, that's, that's yeah, you think wins. I think that's good. I think that's good. All right, do you want to go first, Lance? Sure. There we go. Give him a word, Marcos. All right, here we go. Give him uh, the camera too. And let's see here. Let me just get set up. First word is dress. Wearing those dresses, the sun comes shining through. Where you wearing those dresses, the sun comes shining mm. through. I can't believe my eyes, all the sweetness belongs to you. Amen. Dress. <laughs> That's what I think about. And who, who is that from? Originally, Big Joe Turner, made famous by Bill Haley and Elvis. And when I sing that on stage, like lately, because I just I love that line because it's naughty, but but it's kind of innocent. You don't really know what it's saying. Yeah, it's like and and so it's just like uh, wearing those dresses, the sun comes shining through. Yeah, so it's, it's, it's nice and fun, you know, mm-hmm. for the kids. Yeah, yeah straight up. Yeah. <laughs> All right, throw throw me one, Marcos. All right, here we go. Yours is not okay. That was too easy. Your word is watch. Watch. Gold all in my chain. Gold all in my rings. Gold all in my watch. Don't believe me, just watching. I can't say it. But that uh, camera's gone again. What the hell was his name? It was uh, it was called Watch by uh. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. It was a one-hit fucking wonder. Mm. He, he made one more song, but it wasn't like it wasn't like that. 
Nice. It wasn't no, it wasn't OT Genesis. I don't know. I think uh, just because we both got it, I think you might have the point on that one. Okay. Just because I can't remember the it's the okay. name of the artist. It's okay. Goodness. All right. Next one for Lance. Oh, the camera went out again. And the camera Damn. is back for now. Nice for now. Fucking piece of shit. Anyways, all right. Next word for Lance. Next word up <clears throat> is. So it's one to zero. Rock. Hey, kids, rock and roll, rock on, Billy, uh, Jimmy Dean. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> hey, what's the, what's the song and rock artist? Rock and roll, fuck, I forgot his name. Oh, oh okay. It's open for a steal. It's open for oh, a steal. Throw me the okay. word, Marcos. Oh, man. You over here fucking up. What's going on? Oh, the fucking camera? Yeah. Okay, but your, your word is... Oops. <laughs> Oops, I did it again. Oh, that's the yeah, that's way too oh, yeah, easy. Okay. That's way do too that easy. One again. Do that one again. Oops, there goes again. my shirt right over my head. Yours, oh my no, shit. Yours is breathe. Breathe. One into the two, two into the three. But you know what? That was that fab? Yeah, that was fabulous. Breathe. Wow. So I, I think okay, I think I took that okay, one. Okay, fine. That's... I think I got that point. So it's one to one. Okay, yeah. Or five yeah. rounds. Yeah. All right, all I right, all that. right. Oh, Great next vocals. word. Great. <laughs> I've been working on it for years, bro. <laughs> um, Lance, your next word is paper. I gave my baby paper ring. I guess I was just a fling. She said I do, but found someone new. Paper ring. Bye. Lance Lepinski and the Lovers. Oh, there oh, we go. Right. <laughs> that might be worth two points. Yeah, straight up. Boom. Yeah, you don't see a lot of songs with paper, and I wrote one called Paper Ring. Yeah. And I'm like, one things just come to you sometimes, and it wrote and within 30 minutes. I'm like, had the melody, and it started writing itself. And I said, is this a song? And it's uh, on the album. You can listen to it on Spotify. Paper Boom. Ring, one of my favorites. By Lance Lepinski. By me. Anyway. All right, throw me, throw me the word. All right, here we go. That was a big one, bro. Yeah. You got to one to one. Come up with something. Uh, dude wrote his own lyrics to <laughs> take you down, bro. <laughs> hey, bro, don't make me fuck around and start spitting some old, oh so cool shit. Dude, they're gonna they're gonna come after us for copyright, so we got to do all original content eventually. So eventually. straight up, um, eventually is the last track on the album, number thirteen. By the way, <laughs> swear to God. <laughs> so don't give them the word. Eventually, nope. <laughs> All right, your word is class. Class? Since you have so much. Class. Interesting. Fuck. Interesting. Think about it. There it is. Oh, man. Two to one. It's on you, Lance. I was going to say there's no rush. Give him... No, Six I, more seconds. No, the, t- the timer went no, out. There's bro. a timer. Oh, oh there's, there's a timer. A yeah, there's a timer. Oh, see, I, okay, I don't yeah. hear. Okay, shit. All right, yeah. all right. It's two to one. All right, two Lance. to one. Is this the last question? No, we still got two more rounds. Got two. Okay. All right, here is the next one. Click. Hmm. 
click, 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 click it a clack, click, 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 bring it back to my Philadelphia baby, Philadelphia baby, Charlie Rich, uh, clickety clack, yeah, boom, there we go, old, old, once again, old rock and roll stuff, throw me one, Marcos, all right, here we go, your the next spectrum of genres of what we're throwing out. oh yeah, it's quite expensive. Uh, man, a lot of these I've already given you. Only. Only because of you. You're the love of my life, and I was doing wrong, but I want to do right. Yeah. right. But I don't know the name of the song. I don't oh. want to play no game. want to say no names in your name, baby. Ty, maybe? Yes, that works. Then I used to Ty. All maybe. because of you. Marcus Houston. All because of you. Marquise Houston. Hey. Okay, well, okay. shit, I can't compete with that. That, I'm that, was, a, that was a tie, man. That she was, was a tie. Put me out of a job. Unless, unless I was wrong about the artist, I don't believe I am. All because now, yeah, that was Marquise Houston, hundred percent. Okay, fair enough. All right, throw one out for Lance Marcos. All right, last. Well, fuck one. this fucking camera, by the way, man. Yeah, is it still screwing it's up? Gone. It's still fucking it's up. Dead. Thanks, yeah. Sony. Yeah, you fucking pieces of shit. <laughs> Meanwhile, all the other ones that are working are Sony's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, not that one. All right, your next word, Lance. I just lost. Slide. Oh, slide. Oh, my God. Slide? Let's see. Slide, slide. Drive of all banana going to crash. Slide trombone. The jump of all and are going to crash. Boom, bang. Oh, slide, slide. Yeah, never mind. No. Well, I was doing jail. I was rocked by Elvis because there's slide trombone. Well, that's a word. No, that's I know, but yeah. but I'm I got to do it in context. It's not gonna, no slide. Like, slide was in there. Somebody... The slide trombone. Okay. Yeah. All right, throw me one, Marcos. This is my chance for redemption. If not, Lance Lipinski goes for it. Here's the last one of the night. Dick. My dick calls a late night freak. My dick, but I don't even know oh, what the, uh, I don't even know the name of those <laughs> right, people or easy. anything. That's too easy. I gotta come on. Like, I was like, don't give him that one. <laughs> <laughs> every Damn. every video that I posted on Instagram, like the last four uh four like clips from this shit have been about dicks, man. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking ridiculous. Fair enough. It's ridiculous. Fair enough. Uh let's see. Your next word will be Twist. My next word? No. Drews. Oh, Drews. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm I watching the show. I can't, think, the of, I can't think of the melody. Dick was too. I easy. know it's twist and shout, but I couldn't even. I could one. I couldn't think of the melody. Two. I couldn't think of the artist. I can help you now. I can give him a lifeline. This is expertise. Do, do, okay, do, do, let's do a do, lifeline. We're shaking a baby now. Shaking a baby. Twist and shout. Twist and shout. This is up to yours. Uh, Come on. Uh, I don't even know what more we're asking. Uh, <laughs> the song is now gone. <laughs> dun, 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 All right, dun, Lance, you won that, but so far you're losing on uh, 21, bro. So your next career, so fuck it. Your next game is coming up. We're going to try to turn on this fucking camera. We're going to have to do yeah, it. Let's try to turn it on the camera. not even do it. Fucking piece of shit. Yeah, Going to the card game, Marcos. Man, I'm throwing a lot of Marcos tonight with a broken camera. Broadcast camera is there. <laughs> All right, bro. And your first card is a jack. 
Was was that 10? That is a 10, yeah. yes. Oh, and then your second card is a queen, so that's another 10. So you're looking at 20. Ooh. You can hit or stay. I'm showing oh, an 8. I think we're going to stay. There you go. You picked stay. it up quick. And then I'm showing an 8 as well, so I'm looking okay. at 16. Oh. And a 2, so I'm looking at 18. I'll be darn. In a casino, you're not allowed to hit on that. You would automatically won, but it's my house. Yeah. And I got a 4, so I got 22. Whoa. So Lance Lepinski that was, that was got him tip. a good little win on that. So it's Look one for that. one. Boom. I'm proud of you. So, Lance, I want to know, what is the craziest Vegas story you have? Ooh, there's a few. Well, let's see. I'd have to think for a second. There's some that come to mind. I don't know if it's the craziest, but let's see. Well, I don't know. It's just like little fun things like running into Mr. Miyagi at the Orleans Lounge. It's Mr. Miyagi, Pat Morita. And there was a movie theater, and he's like, I'm going to go see – what's the (laughs) – What's the what's the fish Disney Finding Nemo? He's like, I'll be right back. We're we're gonna go watch Finding Nemo, and we're like, that was Mr. Yagi, and he's going to uh, the movie theater. Mr. Miyagi, Pat Morita totally came back, and at this point, after watching Finding Nemo, I guess an hour and a half later, he's toasted, and so <laughs> we're in the lounge playing, and that was kind of fun, and I'm just like, you know, half drunk, half stoned, whatever, and I'm looking at freaking Mr. Miyagi and I'm just like it's so great to meet you and thanks for listening my buddy he's he's trying to like like go the distance with Mr. Miyagi and he's like I just want to tell you that you know as a young man that grew up in the early 90s and late 80s you were such a you know he's going on and on about like uh, an inspiration and all this and Mr. Miyagi is just he just wants to like party he doesn't (laughs) care about the sermon of cultural coming of age impact in the eighties, you know, but you know, <laughs> Vegas, like, Vegas was wild. Rip, Rip Taylor. He was a, a, a weird guy. You know, he, he passed through there. I, I mean, I met a lot of, uh, you know, celebrities and like folks in the music business, you know, um, I saw Paris Hilton walking around with a, with a little chihuahua. That was interesting. I mean, I know it doesn't sound like too no, exciting. That, no, that's wild as fuck. But up, like, I don't know. Like, I'm trying to think of like wild. Little Nemo. Okay. Or Finding Nemo is a fucking fire ass movie though. Here's, it's here's that, a weird thing. That's a it's a fire ass movie. It's not necessarily indigenous to Vegas, but it kind of is. Cause they got that Vegas blimp and I'm like a country bunking kid. I don't know nothing about nothing. I'm like 17 years old. I go out to get something out of the car in the front of the house and the Las Vegas blimp is right there. But the angle, the lighting, and just the not expecting to see a, a floating building in the air. Yeah. I convinced myself in about two seconds that it was a UFO. And I'm thinking, this is it. And I'm not the only one that's seeing this. There has to be other people. I start screaming, get out of here. you got to see this. There's a UFO. Oh, never mind. It's a blimp. But, you know. That uh, the the whole UFO thing was like uh, interesting. Like in the in the desert, you're constantly looking around, and uh, you know the Air Force base out there. I remember one time going to a gig out in the suburbs somewhere, out on the uh, the 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 line of California, the state line of California and Nevada, and there was Area some fifty one. Well, I don't know where it was, but it was right there, the 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 state line. In fact, there was a casino called State Line out there, and. Uh, it was right on the California-Nevada line. We saw some strange things, but they were probably just, you know, um, the military stuff. I think we looked into it, and there was nothing significant. But the flares of these rockets caused people to stop on the side of the road for miles around because you just didn't know. Yeah. And it looked like something. So 
the spookiness of the desert was fascinating, and I met a lot of the old mafia guys that were there back in the 60s. Now, in the 60s, Vegas was king. You're talking about Louis Prima in the lounge, and you're talking about... Oh, here we go on another bibliography yeah, yeah, no, bibli- <laughs> Previously on bibliography. bibliography. But yeah, you got you got the Rat Pack back then, you know, and uh, by the time I... Played, I really wish I could have saw old Vegas, like the that's lights what I'm and talking shit. About. Man, yeah. uh-huh. like that shit was crazy. It was, it, I had a stripper uh, uh, take me home... Uh, because I needed a ride and she actually bought me breakfast and, uh, we could have maybe made it happen. However, um, I was embarrassed cause I was 19 years old, maybe 21 and had like the dirtiest of dishes that had piled up for like a week. And I was so terrified to bring a female in and it's not every day you bring a stripper home. So right. I, I cock block myself on that by not do your dishes, kids. So yeah. boom. I could talk about Vegas all day. I, I love it. And uh, it's it's a great place to be. Well, I don't know now, but... At least you had a traumatic experience to at least know that you need to do your dishes now. Amen, bro. Bro, I'm the worst. I'm the worst at doing my... I hate fucking doing my dishes. I left a fucking cup in here and went on a fucking one-week goddamn uh, Florida tour. Yeah. And now it just smells like fucking ass. As it should. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate dishes so much I bought a portable dishwasher in Chicago. A portable dishwasher? Well, well, it's a, well, not a portable dishwasher, but a uh, like a third-party one that you don't need to, like, you know, install. Mm-hmm. You can... Yeah, I guess it's portable, right? You can yeah. take it anywhere. Right. I'm like... You know, the old Chicago buildings are, like, really old. Yeah. So I said, fuck this. I went and blew 500 bucks on a on an automatic dishwasher. I'm, 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 not, I'm not doing this. Bro, straight I'm up. I'm going to, like, go on the grid. I want Google reading my text <laughs> messages. I want them wiping my ass. I've, I've sold my soul to the devil. The simplicity of it, though, man. It, I mean, it does, it does suck that there's so many things that we are just giving to them. But at the what same time. Do? What are you going to do? Yeah. It's like if you if you're not on that shit and like you're a little bit behind. I got the vaccine. You got the vaccine. One, Shut the fuck up. Owen's gonna hate me. <sighs> now I got one. I got to get the other one. And this, you know, I'm on the fence about it because. Well, your whole take, from what I know about you, your whole take on this is, is a very uh, controversial. There's a conspiracy uh, theory, just like in anybody. Which uh, you would never. I would have never thought to hear you say that. That you took the vaccine. Okay, well, th- my sister, like, put a gun to my head because my mom's old. Yeah. And I'm terrified, okay? We need to protect. This is this is a serious thing. We make fun of it, but, you know, you know, and it, it's wild. But but um, but also, the the messenger RNA thing, My I was talking to a nurse friend. She went on and on about this, how this has been, she knew about it in the 70s. You know, so she thinks that it's, that it's not the cure-all, it's not the be-all, end-all, but it would be hard to sneak some deceptive things in there because you got every scientist in the world looking at this under a microscope. Now, they can put any damn thing in, that passed us, you know, who the hell am I? I'm just talking out of my ass, but I've heard it from both sides. Some say it's fine, uh, but dude, it's terrifying. I mean, yeah. we haven't even, it's wild, bro. Isn't this the wildest of times? It's, wild, it's like, bro. like I'm, we're just here for the ride. Yeah. We're, we're fulfilling biblical prophecy at this point. I don't know. No, 100%. I'm, here we are, you know? And my biggest thing on the vaccines is just like, this is the same government that started D.A.R.E. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is the same government that fucking totally. did Tuskegee. This is the same government the that same, fucking yeah. introduced crack to inner <laughs> inner cities sure. and, and fucked off like 
millions. And then wrote laws that scoop people up and turn them into slaves. This is the same their government that just fucks with us. Like, we're fucking ants in an ant farm, And bro. they won't tell us, give us a straight answer. Was this made man no. made? Was it not? And if you don't know that, fair enough. But, like, let's have a little more of a conversation. Because now it's like, As oh. opposed to Angela Merkel or whatever her name is. It's like, no, let's stop talking about distraction. You're talking about the press secretary? Well, I'm oh, talking about um, distraction. German prime I'm talking about oh. propaganda at its finest. The, yeah. All that. Because it's like, okay... Can we just get an update? Do we know this where this come from? Oh, we don't. Okay, bye. I guess I'll trust you to take a fucking vaccine where, like, this is very suspicious. Yeah. You guys won't mention it, and they don't mention shit. That, you know, it's the, it's the propaganda that we've been dealing with. Well, you know. we've had to deal with for so long that if they don't tell us, oh, it's because of national security. Well, here's the fucking thing. I think a lot of these people nowadays can take a little more then we're getting given. But then maybe not. But the I feel like I can. So it's like there should be some sort of like level of fucking clearance for civilians to like understand what the fuck is going on because the shit that they're giving us now is next to nothing. It's wild, man. It's scary and people f- drank the Kool-Aid so fast and we're more divided than ever. I personally, and like I'm always like the optimistic guy. I don't, I don't want to like go into doomsday but it's like i don't know how the hell we're going to recover there's people walking around with major chips i don't see the world you know like chips on their shoulder i don't Mm -hmm. see the world through a racial lens but for some people the the hustle is real and so it's like okay you know like no one's doubting that like i think like any common sense person our heart goes out to you know whatever is going on in our society with, with struggles whether it's this subject or that subject. But it's like, okay, well, you know, we're never going to get past this if we bring subject up, the, the subjects up every like two seconds in the cancel yeah. culture thing. My point is, I don't think we're going to move on. I don't think ever, no. ever. There's no turning back from yeah. this. But people will move on and we will be close, closer or as close in our states, our communities, our towns. I think that because there, there's two ways this could go, and you can give me your thoughts. I think that I appreciate that. Yes, because it is your <laughs> beautiful homemade studio. It's Thank incredible. You. So, um, Jim, the Rev, Reverend Orton Heat, who I who I met you guys. Um, Shout we, uh, out. We did the Continental Club, and that's how I met you guys. And he said you predicted COVID before it happened because I was bitching about all these things on the news. Like, it's like a South Park reality come to life, and you guys are bitching about this, but we have real problems. And I said, what, as grown adults, is it going to take for us to just, like, live in reality? And I said, which, I'm not a prophet, but it's like, uh, it takes common sense to realize all the major institutions have to fail before a real revolution renaissance happens. And so my opinion is, Mainstream media has to fail. Social media, we need to boycott it to some extent. Uh, Hollywood, NFL, college campuses, what happened? COVID happened. And literally every major institution has shut down. There's going to there's there's gonna be some good come out of it. There's already good come out of it. And Let's I not pre- forget about the fucking Fed and the actual establishment of the shit, too. That's what didn't fail through this. Although we can look at it as if they did, they really didn't. And they started taking over... A lot of the shit that 
they started pushing the message a little bit more mm-hmm. through these other avenues like the mainstream media and all that shit too. And I think Trump was like the perfect uh, ra- way for them to, to do up. so and kind of like slide it in for four years to where it's like, bro, like people haven't even seen Biden. Like he came out for a little while, like the other day and it was crazy. Yeah. But like he went the longest without doing like a press conference or people yeah. seeing him, And it's like, do y'all not remember that fucking Trump was on TV every single day? Like that shit's crazy. And it's like, now people are like, Oh, we're back to normal. Cause we're not seeing the president. And this and that. It's, they're capitalizing on it. They're like, people don't want to hear the president right now. And everyone's comfortable with the fact that they don't know what the hell. Nobody knows on. what's going on. And it drives me nuts. Nobody knows Nobody cares. what's going on. Nobody they're living, cares. They're either. living through a propaganda lens and it's 50% of the world doesn't buy it. You know, folks, the silent majority, I think, has common sense. But then the other half of the world, it's not even an insult. Uh, bless human beings' hearts. We're all victims of, of whatever. And if folks are looking through everything th- through this propaganda lens, no one knows what to believe. And this, look, this is, you know, just as well as I do, you've seen some things. It's like this is the biggest propaganda era we've ever been uh, in, right. in, in human history. And I don't know what the hell is about to happen. But what I was saying earlier, I think what will happen, especially in Texas, um, Owen said something interesting. He said it's it's the land of rugged individualism here in Texas. And I thought that's a good way to describe it. And the folks I play for all over South Central Texas, young and old, man, they're six-year-old kids to 80-year-old people, yuppies, college kids, tourist uh, families. I see everyone coming together. And I know everyone's different politically. I, I play for hundreds of people. And I look out there. These people are having the time of their lives drinking in Texas, listening to live music. And I always say, God, country, community. You take that out, we're doomed. But if you want to go step further for Texas, I say live music, barbecue, and whiskey. <laughs> and that's how we're, we're going to be fine. Yeah. But I think, I think the mainstream is going to get pissed off because people are realizing, damn, these, these folks had however long, a year, maybe longer, to live off the grid. You save money. You, you find out the primordial things of what makes things matter. And people are like, man, we don't need no damn... Hollywood, we don't need mainstream media. Yeah. We got each other, man. And I've always known that, and I'm kind of tickled about it. COVID sucks so bad, as we know. But uh, full full circle, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thrilled that there's a slow pace. Things are coming back. But I think, I think this, this is wild. I think this is going to reinvent everything. And it may, everything. some of it may be for good. Yeah. Boom. Let's hope so. Mm-hmm. Let's hope so. All right, Lance, we're going to go to your, what? what is this, the fourth hand? Third. Is it? Or yeah, third hand. Third. Fucking right. Right on. Boom. Get some of that music, Marco. Some of that sweet music. Ooh. And your first car is an eight. Ooh. And your second card is an ace. So you're looking at nine or 19. Right on. And I'm showing a 10. So you could hit, and that would turn into nine rather than nineteen. Yeah, really up to you. Let's hit it. Let's hit it. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna go. Look, I'm a gamble. And then your next one is a six, so now you're looking at fifteen. Okay. Marcus, what do you think? Marcus is distracted by this show. Yeah, Marcus is just like this. Yeah, let's risk it all. <laughs> let's risk it all. All right. Yeah, like, oh. like, Taking like a hit. Yeah, you know, just the tip. 
And you got a five, so now you're looking at 20. Bro, yeah. I think we're going to hold, obviously. Stay right there. Look at that. And then I'm showing a two. Yes. So you would have won all the way back here. I got a queen, so I fucking bust again. Boom. Lance Lipinski. Beginner's Amen. Amen. Um, there we go. So let's get off the uh, let's get off the COVID. Yeah, so. that, that, we, that was a good drive yeah. by. That was yeah, a good drive fuck by. Yeah. Mm. Uh, shout out to my boy Chato, who is fucking dinner with this shit right now, man. And if Chato doesn't get better, I'm gonna fucking pull through and slide his bitch ass. Just gonna have to do it. But uh, anyways, as you should. <laughs> so you're saying a 16 year old Lance Lipinski was out here working in Vegas for the first, what'd you say? Six years of your life? Eight years. Yeah. Eight years. So yeah, 17th birthday till age 25. I still did Vegas, but that was like the main run. How do you feel as, um, what do you feel like that did to your growth as, as who you are now? witnessed a lot yeah on stage and off stage because you're becoming a man during your formative years and you're figuring yourself out you're 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 still figuring yourself out and then also in your career so for me it was like two things and what i discovered which i already knew but look i really discovered that if you are an individual entrepreneur you have to be proprietary meaning uh like they say in shark tank take it out behind the barn and shoot it because no one gives a shit about your product. The the accident that I discovered with 50s and 60s rock and roll, it was such a timeless, epic genre that I had a very easy time marketing myself because it was such American pie. So right. you're, you're, you're able to do your career, which gives you money, which gives you hopes and dreams. So like I blew a lot of money self-funding, whether it be my career on stage or off stage and off stage could have been, you know, um, a portable dishwasher, portable dishwasher, <laughs> or how about $10,000 worth of fabric? Cause you think you're going to start your own, uh, clothing fabric line, company? your own clothing of, of oh, sports oh, coats, right, right. for instance. Yeah. And I tell homeboy neighbor, Hey, uh, I'm going to move this stuff this weekend. Just watch these boxes on the staircase. Landlord throws it all away, you know, so it's like, you're a kid. So yeah, I was making money as a young kid. um, And I I saw some of the older entertainers that came before me. Some of these guys had been there since 1985 when I was born. And they were young like me when they started. And it was wild. You know, some of these guys were burnt out, but, but a lot of them, male and female, took care of themselves and they were still killing it. And they're still, some of them are out there till this day. And the, one of the things, uh, one of these mentors told me, the first thing that you're going to do, Lance, is you're going to get an IRA because there's no retirement for musicians, and you're going to get a vasectomy. And damn, if by 25 I didn't get a vasectomy. You have a vasectomy? Boom. I love children. I love the legacy of a, of a family, but I just never wanted to be that guy to have them make a difficult, difficult decision. Okay, I have tons of questions now. Yeah. <laughs> so is it? So like, that's Vegas, one of many stories, yeah. Is, is it like like the guns in the cartoons that when you shoot, it's just like, bang? <laughs> really? Is that the truth? Oh, no, no. It's No, it's full-on volcano. I mean, oh, okay, it, okay. But they just don't matter. There's it, no swimmers in it there. It just doesn't matter. That's yeah. fucking it crazy. It doesn't matter. How, how have Lipinski, you pers- uh, semen lives don't matter. <laughs> in my case, 
It's irrelevant. How do you have you had to? I mean, I would assume at twenty five, if you got a vasectomy, you've had to present this to women. How how does that go? Oh, they love it. It's hilarious. They're like the first, like, and I, and I'll for my own amusement, like you'll be like having a conversation, like whatever, like like in my single life, which I guess as of now I am interesting, but um, you slip it in there. Yeah, blah 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 blah. blah. I'm like twenty five, you know, I got the vasectomy. And blah, blah, blah. Whoa, wait a minute, and they freak out. And the doctor, when he gave it to me, he, he like, out of protocol, it's not a law, but it's, like, moral to say, okay, we're going to have a, at least a five-minute conversation man-to-man because it is reversible, but it's more expensive and more difficult right. as you get older. So he says, you really want to do this. And so I gave him A, B, C, D. And guess what? Oh, 10 years ago, my mind did not change from then and now. And, and it could always change. I'm always open to that. But, like... You know, 10 years. So, yeah, this marks the anniversary almost, right? 10 years to where I just, people um, underestimate the value of freedom. Uh, Family legacy is wonderful. What a beautiful institution, man. I I do think about it all the time. But I also think about the millions of dollars I would want in the bank to, like, raise these theoretical children. Yeah. Especially during the, the, the climate that we're in now. It wasn't good 10 years ago. It's damn sure not good now. So I have my reasons uh, the like ladies in the past like totally dug it. You, well, not all the time because sometimes you would get serious, and that was a problem mm. because it's like, well, I want children, right? And I said, well, I don't, I do, but I don't. And uh, knowing you have a vasectomy already, yeah. So it, it was wild, yeah. But I value freedom because people underestimate um, freedom and independence. I can do whatever the fuck I want at any time. No one's gonna be wiping my ass when I'm seventy. But uh, you know what? We're we're having a good time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> shitty ass and all. <laughs> Look, let's, we're we're gonna get a budget for a caretaker to do that. Yeah, you know? straight up. Yeah, anyway, straight up. By yeah, that wow. time, bro, you, you, yeah. you got another thirty years at least. <laughs> yeah, at least preservatives. <laughs> we'll see. But yeah. but like my first thought is like, women have to take birth control. You know what I'm saying? And I don't fuck th- their shit up. Yeah, too. exactly. It's like what, like, I, if I had to take something all the fucking time in order for my swimmers not to work, like, I'd be upset about that. Yeah. And so I completely understand uh, women not wanting to be on birth control, but I feel like you just took that option. Like, it's like, hey, you yeah. live a healthy life. You don't even have no. to worry about it. I got this taken care of. Why? Yeah, you that know, was kind of a step up. And like, marriages scare the shit out of me. I mean, I've I've seen so much. I. I dated two girls back to back when I was like 18, when I was like 19 and 20, how old was I? Like 21 and like 22. And both of these girls had kids. So like, I was glad of those relationships because I got a taste of what it would be like to be a parent, to, yeah. to be a parent. And, and it was like, yeah, obviously anything's going to freak you out when you're that young. But I did take it in the sense of like, man, this is, this is a beautiful thing that I don't want to screw up. You know, so I got a taste of it at a young age, and some people find this out the hard way, you know, and maybe at a young age, maybe later on, I said, all right, mental note, you know, let's, this is not for me, and I'd rather find out by dating two chicks back-to-back with kids rather than, like, my own thing, you know, so, yeah, it's kind of been there, done that. Mm -hmm. Well, let's go to your fourth hand of Blackjack, Lance. Very nice. So you're up two to one right now. Very nice. And your first card is an ace. Oh, goodness. Ace Ventura. Oh, goodness. 
Ace Ventura. Oh, get it all the time. Oh, oh my man. God. I didn't, I didn't I think did about it get once. It. I didn't think straight about it Elvis. once. Oh, well. I go straight to Elvis. Right? That's crazy. Thank you, Marcus. <laughs> because I tell these young people, like, hey, your set card's a king. 21 to win 21. Thank you very much. Wow. Wow. Boom. I went on a little streak for a while. Lance Lefisky uh, came in and just, just took it away. Listen, I, I I know how to fucking play poker. I'm fucking with you guys. I spent all these years fucking and sucking in Vegas. I learned to take a joke. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. That was great. I'm, I, know, I don't know how to gamble. I suck. I was total fucking beginner's luck. This also isn't poker. Yeah. What's that like poker? <laughs> I'm stoned. You're right. It's called blackjack. I was testing you, Marcos. Fuck you, Marcos. Bro, Marcos has been going through know, hell man. over here with this camera, man. Hey, bro. Time. I really appreciate time. you, bro. Like, seriously. That takes a lot of fucking skill Cheers. to, like, I know you hate that. Something. I know you hate that. Get that fucking dirty-ass glass Cheers. out of here. Clink. <laughs> uh, Lance, is there anything that we haven't talked about that you'd like to talk about? I want to I interview you guys. Can I do that? Yeah, fuck yeah. Go for it. Where do I begin? Okay, so not in any chronological order of... Uh, Questions. Let's just can't violate any non disclosures. How much? How much? Marco signed a whole booklet full of like, yeah. How how much we talking in in a home studio? Because this is really good quality. What are we talking? Ten grand, twenty grand, five grand? Why are you trying to steal it? I got a gun right here. I won't let you get out fast. Right on. Uh, No, I. Oh shit. Honestly, I mean, it has been some things I've collected over time. Like, you can't put a price on on babe back here. The, like there's also, no, you have the flamethrower. If he pulls a gun on you, Lance, you have a flamethrower. Right that is there. a good point. I yeah, always give. Cool. I always give my guests an option. It's like yeah. I'm, not, I'm not just sending them out to the fucking sharks. Yeah, uh, you get a, you man, get a chance to fight. I don't fucking know. Uh, ballpark. I honestly, um, I'm adding everything up in my head now. I would say, honestly, if 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 if, if you're trying to start a home studio. You could do it for a lot cheaper than I did. Sure. I would say a solid three to five grand would get you going. Uh, this in he here, made a lot of mistakes. Yeah, I made tons of mistakes. That, yeah, yeah. That, that's a good point. I have a lot of uh, useless equipment that I've spent money on that is uh, that is covering many walls in my house. Uh, it's like a little man. But what's here? I would say I would say closer to ten. Yeah, closer to ten. Okay, and, and... And the fucking camera doesn't even work, so that's... Where did you, where you, did you grow up? Where did I grow up? Here in Austin? No, just south of Houston, uh, Freeport, Texas. Right on. Yeah, fuck yeah. Right on. And, gosh, uh, I mean, I'm just kind of blown away, man. I, I, I think that uh, this is the future, like we were saying, institutions failing. Yeah. And, like, it's all about creating your own fan base. That's what these musicians don't understand. You can't, like, uh, try to leech off the foot traffic of a Friday, Saturday night venue. You know, they have a built-in following, but the the venue wants us to bring our own followers, Mm -hmm. our own fans. That's what sells tickets, you know? Right. But you can do all this in an entrepreneurial way nowadays, you know? So, anyway, it's it's just really rad. Your hand's right in front of your face. Boom. (laughs) No, 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 no. That's that. Like, but see, something like that—that's so. Uh, for lack of a better word, that—that's the primitive shit, bro. Like, if you go into like all this technical fucking shit, 
you can't do it organically like that because you have to go through these fucking platforms. You have to go through the shit rather than using your base fucking your human humanity. Here's a question. What's you that? guys were kind of talking about this on one of y'all's broadcast. Big tech is going to cock block us. I don't think there's really mm. any way around it. And so even if we did find a loophole with a alternative, uh, you know, social media or YouTube or whatever, you got the net neutrality thing. They can censor anything. Yeah, anything they so want. So, like, unless you know, we go nobody back to talks about net neutrality, bro. That's where this whole fucking thing went wrong. That's where everything went wrong. Anyway, sorry. Go ahead. We're going to get on our CB radios eventually because, like, if when the internet came out and your thoughts on this, it's like, I couldn't believe, like, what you get away with. You can still get away. It's not like, yeah. like you're suppressed on social media, but you can still do any fucking thing you want. Um, you can order a, a kidney, you know, on the black market if you need a, a kidney. But, but like, as long as there's no female nipples on that kidney, you yes. can look at it. Well, no, actually, no, you're wrong. If, it, if you show nipples for art, but see, I don't know who's judging this art. And that's the point. That's mm. the thing. So I guess I've, I've been thinking hard about this. So for instance, um, in the glory days of MySpace back in the day, you could put in a zip code and it would show you. 50 mile, 100 mile radius of who was your followers. Right. And it would, I had this third party bot that would send out mass messages. And so it was a great way to get my shows out there. And then, of course, I did tours off of MySpace. Was that? I did tours off of MySpace. It was yeah. All, yeah. And Facebook was is was never good. And so what I do now is I copy and paste the same message for about 45 minutes. I go through all my people on Instagram. And then they stop you at one point, don't they? I haven't got there yet. Okay. But then for the older people that don't have social media, I send them text messages. That takes another 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, this is very effective. But like, we could tell people just to go to our website, but that, that kills your boner because it doesn't have the built in infrastructure. Like, man, the stories, all this clever shit is really slick how, how they built these systems. To, to make you on the reservation to to be and, and it's really good for promotional but like if you if it's if it's like for instance I got 40,000 fans on Instagram I post something like 400 people see it right. and I know there's an algorithm well you have to post once at 12 o'clock and all this bullshit mm-hmm. and I'm like fuckers these people signed up for my content and if it wasn't for content creators, you wouldn't have a platform. Yeah. So how about just let me broadcast my message? That's the frustration I've always had. Because I got 80,000 80, people on Facebook. I don't know how many on YouTube. You can't get a message across. And the boost the boost crap doesn't work. Oh, yeah. That's you know? bullshit, It's bro. bullshit. So, like, what, what do we do? Do we say boycott social media and we just go back to the basics of uh, or is there another way? Because even if there was another way, big tech, your thoughts? Well, one, I don't think anybody, I don't care who you are, what celebrity status you have or how much clout you have that could actually carry out an, a real boycott of social media because the shit is fucking everywhere. The shit's in our lives. It's not fucking going anywhere. Yeah. Um. So taking another route, I mean, I haven't figured this out yet, but what I would like to do is eventually have uh, an ability to just stream directly to my website. But even then, it's like I go through GoDaddy. It's like, and that's where I get my URL from. So it's like, who's to say that eventually somebody doesn't buy that out 
to yeah. where they could just start shutting down the actual so fucking they do that. Wars, they, they do, do that. They cock blocked how to pay for things. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you go down that road, you know. And like, they, imagine yeah. that, bro. It's like to where somebody could just take away your bank account because they don't like what you're talking about. Yeah. As yeah. an American citizen, as a tax-paying American citizen. As a guy that hasn't paid taxes in 10 years, I shouldn't say that, oh, great, haters are going to report me to the IRS. Great. Well, well I didn't say that. while we're talking about it, you should go to my marketplace at uh, 21thepodcast.com and get yourself a commit tax fraud shirt. <laughs> <laughs> because I am all for it, man. It's Thank like, you. Thank you. Dude, I, even though I know they're going to write a fucking tax fraud. I don't the vasectomies. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know, man. That's fucking tough. Only because of the thought of them putting a fucking scalpel. Oh, it no, didn't bro, hurt I'm at all. Going. And they gave me Viking. It was the first time I ever had hydrocodone. I ran around like half naked, like celebrating, all buzzed off of hydrocodone. They said take two. You didn't even need to take one. It wasn't that painful. And I'm like, happy go lucky, bro. Yeah. Ha- so I want um, them to put me under. I want to just put me under. There's Give me the movie, gas. There's this movie called uh, Hard Candy. It's with, uh, I think her name's Elliot now. Well, his name is Elliot now. Uh, because she just was recently, uh, I, I don't know if she's actually post-op. Uh, she's probably pre-op. He's probably pre-op. Uh, no, but she did that to old dude in Hard Candy. Yeah, she fucking slices like, balls out and they roll out like a fucking, it's like a fucking, uh, you know, those uh, those cinnamon those cinnamon roll, uh, those oh, little two cinnamon rolls, oh, bro? And you just like if you could grab it and like if it was just loose, it would just roll out like that, bro. But but basically, all they did at, for a vasectomy was like just it, it was like a clamp, right? Or did mm-hmm. they or did they slice the actual? I can't quite remember. I remember having like a burning smell. I know that sounds funny. Oh, oh and, fuck! I'm and, not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing is it. Is this a stroke? <laughs> the, the girl I was dating, she she thought it'd be funny if I like drew like a like a smiley face above my waist and like had the whole thing like <laughs> and I did it and like I'm like I'm not doing this this is yeah. awkward and, and embarrassing it's just me and the doctor it's not like you're gonna be in there like haha it's just me <laughs> yeah. and she made me do it and you know it's just one of these things you do in a relationship and I'm like bro my girlfriend made me do this <laughs> and I took it, my pants down me. and there's this smiley face in the shape of, of what's going down there. And he thought it was amusing. And his doctor before him was, his name was Richard Chop. Yeah, Dick oh, Chop. Oh my yes. God. Dr. Listen, Dick Chop. That's he a true retired. Story. Good. I hope so. Can yeah, we Google retired. it to see if he's still practicing in Austin? He, no, he was on oh, this Jimmy is an Kimmel. Austin this was an Austin. He was on ago. Jimmy Kimmel like the other day. His name was Talk- Dick Chop. Dr. Richard Chop. <laughs> so wait, you know this too? Yeah, yeah, I know okay. about Richard Chop. Yeah, I know, no, I know Richard Chop. Well, because, <laughs> oh, Dick Chop. Well, the, the I pro- thought about doing it. Yeah, but the then problem is like, Marcos has three old. girls already, so he's, yeah. he's had to think about this. I'm done. Oh, well, you're fine. I'm done. Yeah. You got some caretakers, no you're more. fine. No more. <laughs> Fucking A, man. Well, a. Uh, I mean, shit. The, the biggest problem is, is that this fucking camera keeps fucking going out. But because it keeps going out, we're going to go out on it. Fuck you, camera. Fuck you, son. Lance, before we go, yes. before we go, yes, sir. make sure you look into this camera for me real quick. Tell everybody where they can find you, where they can find your new uh, uh, album on Spotify, all that jazz. Sure. 
Ladies and gentlemen, thank y'all for tuning in. To Actually, hold on. Yeah. Hold on while saying that. Oh, we're going to do that. Yeah, we're going to fucking do it. Okay, should Let's I put see. the headphones on maybe? Yeah, for this? put the headphones oh, yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, you'll need the headphones. Here you go. I'll get this, this is going to be great. This is going to be great. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Is all right, here ready, we go. Ready? Let's do it. We're going to do it music and all that? Or yeah. just do okay. Oh, yeah. Lance Lipinski, take music. it away. He's going first. You. Channel 21, the podcast. It's about 9.32, 8 Central Standard Time. I'm your host with the most, Lance Lipinski, here in the Channel 21 studios. Good times, great oldies. We are having a narration voice-off. Your turn, Drew. Well, the thing about the uh, good old oldies is that we're in a 21st century. So at some point during this, we are going to play some hip-hop music. It may hit your old white ears a little hard, folks, but the bass is good for the taste. Lance, go ahead and let them know what we're doing after that. Good times, great oldies. (laughs) Wear a mask and kick some ass. Oh! Good times, great oldies. Please log on to Channel 21, the podcast, and get yourself a coffee mug, a bumper sticker, or some Lance Lipinski prophylactics. You can tip Lance Lipinski at just the tip for Lance. Now, ladies, that's the number four at PayPal or Venmo, just the tip for Lance. Bring it back for me, Marcos. And I'd also like to tell you, I appreciate y'all tuning in to 21 The Podcast. Tonight, my guest was Mr. Lance Lipinski. I want to give a big shout out to my producer at Miss... No, God damn it! Hold on. You bring me the music back. Bring me the music back. I'd like to thank y'all for tuning in to 21 The Podcast. If this is your first time here, make sure you scroll down and click that subscribe button. I hope you enjoyed our very special guest tonight, Mr. Lance Lipinski. There we go. Thank you. And with that hand clap, I want to give another one to Mr. Marcos Morales at Dirt City Studios. And bring the camera back to me, Marcos, because what I'm going to do is say, fuck you, motherfuckers. Appreciate y'all being here. I'll see y'all next time. Until then, my name is Drew at Mr. Oh So Cool. Make sure you subscribe, you bitch.